Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Barry Manning here. Welcome to the Garden Report, a full edition on the off day, coming to you with Josue Pavone. After Celtics practice, he practiced today as well. And after everything we discussed last night, Big Joe Missoula night, not much more encouraging comments from both Missoula today as well as Malcolm Brogdon, who spoke over at uh, the team hotel today. And this is a big thing for me, Josue. I'm going to start here. Brogdon course pointed to defense said I think our identity needs to be defense said they didn't have the defensive consistency they needed all year and they relied on shot making too much so going into a game four the big question we have left is can they come back down 0-3 and the answer is almost certainly no Uh, but can you get close that's probably the next question Right now, just when it comes to the first step, game four, can you win that one game, put you back on track? It doesn't sound good. Beyond the defensive comments Brogdon's making here, trying to reshape your identity on the fly. This has been going on for a couple weeks since late in the Philly series. He also mentioned not talking to teammates this morning, not having many conversations with them. So... There's a disconnect right now between players, between players and coaching staff. That's obvious, and I think multiple people have admitted that at this point. You have, what, 24 hours to fix that? It just just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Yeah, you're not seeing that unity. Nothing that we heard from Malcolm Brogdon, who was the only player who, who spoke today, um, gave us that sense, you know, especially when you talk about like what you just said, the fact that he hadn't, uh, he hasn't spoken to any of his teammates. I mean, you didn't hear a whole lot of that connectivity after the game from the post game comments. And the quote that stood out for me, at least when we're talking about Malcolm Brogdon, when he just told us was when he talked about, uh, yeah, like what you said about the defense and, and, you know, getting back to that, but also him admitting that this team got away with some things in those first couple of rounds that Miami Heat just didn't allow them to get away with. And if you ask me, a lot of that has to do with the transition defense, hustling, you know, getting back after makes the, the or even after misses, you know, the, the type of thing that we've been talking about throughout the entire series, that the Miami Heat continues to, to or the Celtics rather, continue to pay, you know, you, you have to, look at the last couple of series and think that, yeah, you know, maybe that was a case, but they still had that headspace that the offense would eventually take over. And it's never happened in this series. And I'm glad that Brogdon is being open as much as to say, look, 
we maybe we overachieved on the offensive end, and maybe we, we, we were, you know, obviously, I should say, we're slacking on the defense, but to go out and say we have to refine that identity when you're down 3-0, none of that spells uh, a successful, you know, end to the series for the Celtics. It just doesn't. Yeah, and I think that's where everyone's at is that they're done. Maybe they win a game, maybe they get hot and go on a little bit of a run here, but their season's effectively over, and they're picking up the pieces now. It's something of a blame game, though not directly, and it's something of a lack of accountability from the entire season, and we hit on it throughout every stage, whether it was the defensive issues, whether it was some of these losing streaks where either Joe Mazzulla was saying they played great, he loved the shots they took, shots just didn't fall. There was never any conversations or points of emphasis on things they needed to improve on, and that's what Brandon's talking about today, bad habits that piled up throughout the regular season and are rearing their head now, and I think this puts everything in doubt that happened all year here. Did they focus on the right things? Did they communicate over the bad stuff? Because we did see a lot of bad stuff throughout the year. I mean, the end of the year when they collapsed from the one seed, remember they were like, mm. oh, who cares about the one seed? We'll be fine. You go down the 3-2 to Philadelphia, well, we'll be fine. On to the next one. And even after game two, it's just like, oh, we're moving on. It never seemed like, back to that communication point, they had discussions about how to fix things that weren't going well during the year, and now they're down 3-0, and they're scrambling to find answers. Yeah. Well, this is stuff that should have been going on all year. Well, yeah, of course, but when you have a team like Miami who's going to force those type of issues, that's when you have to start problem-solving. They just haven't done that on the fly. Joe Mazzulla obviously hasn't helped, and he's been you know, the one that, that's taken all the blame, especially after Game 3, saying that he hasn't prepared these guys well enough. But from the quotes and from the overall vibe that we're getting from this locker room, you get the sense that people may have different ideas of how to turn things around, but none of that language is being... You know what I mean? Like, no one's being transparent with the way they want to do things, it seems like. These guys have to... They just seem so disconnected. Like, you see a bunch of individuals trying to find ways to help the team, but you don't see that connectivity. And against a Miami Heat team, that's never going to... You're never going to win that way, especially with leaders like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just having terrible offensive productions, you know, terrible shooting nights, reverting to three-point shots, you know... You really didn't like the shot selection. I hated the shot selection. I mean, Jalen Brown 0 for 7, especially in the second half, those desperation shots where it's, you know, yeah, you're down big, but it's the third quarter and you just didn't see that sense of let's take things one play at a time. No, it was let's go for the home run every single time. And it's the kind of habits that show, it's the kind of habits that, that reflect an attitude of a team. And it's not the give it they went out and quit which a lot of people are saying that like you hear a lot of that language especially with the Boston media I don't know if I would say it as this team quit but they try to go for the home runs you know what I mean they try to find the easy way and a lot of that false confidence comes from those type of games where that's where they that's how they did it right whether it was Jason Tatum putting the team on his back you know going into game seven historic you know 51 point performance or whether it was having to put the team on his back in the fourth quarter or whether it was an onslaught of three point shots that's that's got them out of so many holes throughout the course of the regular season. That's not the formula that's going to work in the postseason, especially against a disciplined team like the Miami Heat that can eliminate a 12-point deficit in four minutes and then do it again a quarter later. Like, doing that, when they did that in Game 3, and the Celtics obviously didn't, oh, excuse me, in Game 2, the last time they, the Celtics had a chance to win at home, it just, it, it was tough because I, I knew the Miami Heat had one of these performances in them, whether it was Game 3 or Game 4. And the fact that it, it came at Game 3, 
and the Celtics' response to that was just try to outshoot them or try to match them in that regard, it was just it was over. It was the recipe for disaster because once those shots weren't falling, you know, that's when you started to see them completely crumble. It almost goes back to what, we, what you used to say a couple of months ago, being like, you were afraid that this team would be, you know, live or die by the three-point. And it, it doesn't tell the whole picture, but tells a lot of their mentality on the offensive end of the floor when things aren't going their way. Yeah, 46 threes last night. I thought they would go for 56, honestly. Remember I said that in the pregame video? I was like, this is going to be one of those nights. They're going small again. They, they, you know, Joe's going to say, go for the go for the threes, go for the good looks. And the only thing that drove me crazy was that the second they fell behind, they started going for the very the, the, the first opportunity they got instead of trying to look for a better shot. And Joe addressed that today saying that it's not guaranteed you're going to find a better shot down the line. So you take the first one you can find there. And him and John Corrales had a great back and forth I hate over that, that mentality because that's what the Miami Heat want you to do. They want you to do that every single time. They it's want you to settling. bail. Yes, you're settling. And you're, keep, you're, you're not forcing the Miami Heat to work hard per possession. And then all of a sudden, the Miami Heat, they, they, they build a double-digit lead. They, they have the momentum. They have the crowd on their side. And the Celtics are just the, the most vulnerable Celtics, the most vulnerable version of this team I've seen all year. So you're seeing flaws in the ideology. I think we all question the three-point volume. We all question Brown and Tatum being the point of attack on bombs away and them driving that three-point volume instead of being the beneficiaries of uh, setting up longer good looks. Jason Tatum talked at shoot-around two the other day about how he wants to get off the double team to set up a four-on-three. So he's effectively taking himself out of the play on those. So you're not generating those longer possessions where he gets the ball back at the end of it. This is all stuff we haven't liked that the players haven't done but also are points of emphasis for Missoula. So when we weigh whether or not Missoula should come back next year, and I'm, of course, leaning no at this point. It's hard to believe that he can recover from things he said last night. And some of, I think the leadership that he's passed on the players since the end of the Philadelphia series, I think that's a big reason they went to double big. I think it's a big reason they started emphasizing defense. And Joe's done that over the last couple of days, unbelievably, after not mentioning defense for much of this season. Does the Missoula method work? If you went into this year and said, all right, injuries happen, you couldn't implement certain things because guys were out, you didn't have enough time to implement stuff, which I guess you could argue with no training camp. They had a little bit of a training camp once he took over in a full season. So I'd argue they did have enough time to implement the things Missoula wanted them to do, and they've done these things. It's not like the players have been openly revolting against it all year. Tatum's playing that style that he wants to play. Uh, Brown's been allowed to do the things he wants to do in the flow of the offense, and I think different guys have been uh, strengthened by being perimeter shooters, but it didn't work into an identity or, a, I guess, blueprint for winning in the playoffs because they've struggled every step of the way, especially when the threes stop falling. Atlanta, they go six games. Philly, they have to come back from the brink. And now, in a series where they're shooting 29% from three, they look helpless in terms of generating the offense. Well, no one's held these guys accountable, right? I mean, like, that's how you form that identity. When you're outside of that identity. And that's not just on Missoula. It's not just on Missoula. That's true. That, that's fair. But it also, it really falls on, like, the culture of the team. And that that's Missoula, man. Like, Missoula has to instill that no matter what. Now, when it comes to the postseason. But the, but the culture of the team's also these players who have been here together for 
what, since 2016, Right, right, which is, which is the, the biggest reason why Brad Stevens thought that this could work. You know, obviously, that that's, he had to think that because he's like, man, these guys went through what they went through. They've turned this new page. And sure, it looked great for the first month or two of the season, but then, then came the bad habits. Then came the, you know, the slippage on the defensive end of the floor. But then at the same time, that first month or two, the offense never looked like that last year, right? So the, we knew that the makeup of this team – was different. They couldn't be that same defensive juggernaut that they were last year, but they never found that happy medium, and especially in the postseason when things got really scary, when Tatum couldn't find his offense, and you see the team completely crumble when in those situations. You never saw them. I mean, you saw them bounce back, but again, it was in a way where Tatum had to take over, or Jalen, you know, was, was was playing, you know, above what people expected offensively. But they never reverted back to being that anywhere near that defensive, uh, the same defensive team. But they also, when you look at the way they were execute down the stretch it was a 50 50 chance because you didn't you could tell they couldn't execute or they didn't trust themselves the way they did especially when it came to a three you know three or four point game as opposed to when they built like that seven eight point lead and you need to string together a couple of defensive stops so i mean at this point in the series again i don't see that type of leadership or that connectivity or or that type of mentality where it's like we yeah we know what's wrong but we know how to fix it. I don't get that sense that they know how to fix this. Yeah, and Missoula could be the fall guy. I think that's more likely than not. But there are bigger problems here when it comes to that leadership board you talk about. I, I, Joe almost feels like an extension of Tatum after these losses where Tatum's just shrugging it off and moving on and uh, getting back into the game plan and coming out again, not doing too much communication, not taking too much accountability. He said a few times in the playoffs, it's on me, I'm the leader. When we lose, I take all the blame. But it feels like that's just him saying that. I mean, I don't know if he's in meetings or film or anything like that saying, like, all right, our defense, it's it's not there because I'm not setting the tone on that end. And I do think Tatum takes some blame there. Brogdon takes some blame, I think, for not being a great defender for much of this year, as much as he's emphasizing that now. You look at his stats and production on that end, and it just hasn't been up to standards. Uh, Smart, I think he's a guy who I think has done a lot to try to solve these problems, uh, but a lot of the time I think he looks at it and says, if there's more ball time for me, I can help, not other ways. And then, of course, Brown and Brogdon, too, have talked about all the sacrifice they've had to do this year. And then there's just other weird stuff going on, like the Grant thing. We can talk about his benching for nearly this entire year and then almost seemed like a blame game with him poking the bear, like we keep talking about here. So something's – listen, I think it's fair to look at Missoula after all this and say this is not great. This coaching performance this year was not great. And this is probably where we look first. But for a group that's been together for years and years, can't figure it out, and their MO being we're player-led rather than coach-led, it's not a good look for them. And I think you do have to question the dynamic of this roster, especially with some stuff we've talked about over the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, no question. The first, the first thing that needs to be addressed in the offseason is obviously Jalen's future first and foremost and if he if he wants to stick around if he thinks that they can run this thing back and, and be successful but you know the Joe Missoula thing I mean yeah there's a there's a realistic possibility that they they'll cut ties with him because it's right now it looks like he's lost his locker room is there a way he can get them back maybe potentially but he 
this wasn't easy. I mean, we've been saying this all year long. This isn't ideal for him to become the NBA head you coach. You have to believe his plan is what you want to roll with, though. And that, for me, I know Sherrod was saying last night you shouldn't cut ties with him because he's in a bad spot and all that. And I agree with all that. But do you believe in his vision? And all along, we've looked at the threes and the offense emphasis and no defense. This is what got them where they are. It's not that they didn't do what he wanted them to do. They did it, and it didn't work. Right, but that's the thing, though. Like, is he the right guy for this yeah. personnel? Like, you know, uh, again, what, how did this team respond last year with someone who held them accountable? Maybe he didn't get in their faces, but he went out there and said, hey, look, you know, Marcus has to be better. You know, Tatum has to be better. The back and forth with Grant, he, he empowered Grant in a way, right? He didn't bench him. I'm not saying that that's, you know, Mazzulli should do the same thing, but I, the dynamic of that relationship, he get, he got these guys to react. He got these guys to perform, especially when it seemed like his job was on, like he was on the hot seat. Right. So he also took the blame, but also said like, hey, guys, you know, we need leaders. We need guys to hold everyone accountable. And, I, and they responded to that. I feel like this is a group that responds they to that type of that, coach. They responded to that, but they also said when he brought up captains, eh, we don't really need captains. Yeah, that's true. But, look, that's – I feel like that's – last year, right? This year, the team's – the talent's a bit higher. You got a different version of Derek White. You got Malcolm Brogdon in the mix. But I just felt like they never – you never saw these guys you know, respond that way in the postseason. Like, it just wasn't consistent. And that's because things get harder in the postseason. Obviously, you're going up against a team that's – you're going to play, you know, six or seven times, and they get to – they start to get to know who you are. And I just feel like, one, this was a terrible matchup for 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 Joe Mazzulla going up against Spolster, right, Eric Spolster. And we knew that, right? We knew he, he was uh, he was on the wrong end of this of this mismatch of, 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 for the coaches, at least. But guys like Tatum and Brown, like you said, the experience that they had, they they have how many times they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals. They went to the NBA Finals last year. So you expect more from them. And I, I don't know, call me crazy, but I thought they were going to rise to the occasion, not just production-wise, but just getting this team to – Getting them prepared, you know what I mean. They're like fat. Joe Mazzulla has to get them prepared, but also your your leading all NBA guys have a big part in this as well. Their foundation never seemed strong to me this year. So when you do run into that little bit of pressure, and it's amazing. It seemed all right after Game Seven <laughs> against the Sixers. Yeah, but wasn't you know that what I mean? just the case? They, they've was, tricked us, man. Wasn't that case of shots falling? Tatum hit a million threes in Game Seven. And, you're right. You're right. Yeah, but you you you. At the time, you were hoping that they would learn from that situation. That something's never learned. Even from Game them, Six, they were they those. were headed for an epic collapse in Game Six, a disaster game that turned around on four threes. In the last five minutes, literally four threes and a layup. Yeah, you know. so that's what they've leaned on this year. Can shot making and offense clean up some of the issues and some of the foundation? I think that isn't very strong on this team. And two collapses at home where you had leads and you played well and did some good things in those games to build double-digit leads shouldn't send you spiraling like this. I mean, the Celtics didn't show up to Game 3 after knowing that if you lose this game, your season's probably over. So that's as damning as anything. And I asked Bam today at practice because he knows a lot of these guys, close with Grant, close with Tatum. They've battled in multiple conference finals. I'm like, did it surprise you they didn't they – didn't push back at all in the second half there wasn't a comeback and he goes I don't know what's going on over there you know we're just focused on ourselves and the Heat do deserve a lot of credit they've played exceptional I've been super impressed with Bam Vincent Struess Vincent's been incredible man Caleb Martin especially stepping up in major ways and Butler clearly playing like the best player in this series 
So give the Heat credit. They pushed the Celtics to this point. Someone had to actually make them pay for uh, some of their mistakes and shortcomings here, but you also have to address them. You can't just say the Heat missed a mil- or made a million shots and you missed yours and try to run it back if there are some deeper issues here. It's just about identifying them, and uh, there aren't easy answers. I don't think you can trade Jason Tatum. It's impossible to get value back on a guy like that, especially when you've built around him at this point. Uh, Jalen Brown's the next question. Ye- year left on his deal. The only way to lock him in is doing that $295 million contract that's going to make it even harder to build around those two than it already is here. I think you've seen the best rosters around these guys. Uh, and so do you look at Rob? He took a step back this year. Brogdon, Al, those guys probably played their best seasons already. So that, I think, further pressures uh, the depth of this group into the future. And listen, I don't think you're going to trade everybody and blow this up. But I do think you have to look at each individual piece and assess where you're at. Uh, Brad's going to have to make some tough decisions here. This just isn't as simple as fire Missoula, bring in another coach, and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. I mean, Brad has to figure this thing out in the sense of if you want to run it back, do you want to add other pieces around these guys? But again, I just don't see, because of the talent on this team, I don't, I don't see them I don't see them blowing it up. I just see them trying to either change the direction of the roster, the, the makeup of it, rather, and either stick with Joe Mazzula or get a new coach. I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. But, yeah, it does start with Jalen Brown and his future. You know, does Jalen want to be here for the foreseeable future next to Jason Tatum? Is that a success? Does Brad Stevens still think that they have a chance to get back to the finals and win it? Because let's face it, I mean, I, I think you're dead on. I mean, Bobby, this, this roster, I don't think you, you can't – the way the NBA is and the way things would be moving forward with both of these guys on max deals, it's hard to build around. I mean, look at the talent that this team has on paper right now, and I don't see it getting better with the restrictions that, are, that would come with, you know, putting these guys on, you know, max deals on the same team and then trying to build around Especially once around the guys. Max right, that's what I'm saying. Like, when once his kicks in, like, this is it. With Marcus Smart, Al Horford signed, he, he got the extension that kicks in. Uh, you know, Brogdon has, what, a year left? So, I mean, like, this is, this is essentially it. So Two years, I think, yeah. You can run it back, so to speak, in, in, in trying to keep these guys, but I don't, I don't see the talent around these guys getting better unless they can just figure things out, you know, throughout the offseason. But nothing gives you that promising idea because – Let's face it, this core has been together for, what, four or five years. Yeah, and you don't want to make a bad decision. I think I'm going to assess, too, the moves that you possibly could make, especially on the Jalen front. And does it make sense to have some deeper, more sustainable pieces or complementary pieces next to Tatum? That's something John's talked about for a long time, and I do think it's worth exploring. But you have to do it now, and that's the tough part. Uh, Do you overreact to something like this, or do you run it back and hope that things go better next time around it's tough to keep saying that after all the losses and some of the meltdowns this core's had in certain years and first off we want to welcome a new sponsor uh to the garden report yes. and that is factor meals oh yes okay Fa- yes it is america's number one ready to eat meal kit so forget about cooking just get yourself some factor meals and you are done. It just shows up to your doorstep. It can fuel you up fast, ready-to-eat meals, save time, eat well, tackle everything on your to-do list, especially now you're heading into potentially the summer months. You want to be out more. You want to be doing more stuff, enjoying your free time. Who's I'm going to have some free time pretty damn soon. We all are, I'm afraid. <laughs> you don't want to be in a hot kitchen. Uh, you'd rather just be able to kind of get your meals, eat, you know, 
prep them quick and go. And that's what it does uh, with Factors Fresh, never frozen meals ready in two minutes. And like I said, right to your door, you can get calorie conscious options here. Uh, calorie smart meals, 550 calories or less. Okay. Uh, there you go, John. Do whatever. Absolutely. Get the light stuff. Keto, calorie wow. smart, vegan, <laughs> veggie, protein plus, anything you want prepared by chefs, sent to you uh, at your door, ready to go. So again, all you have to do is go to factormeals.com, read it off the screen there. Slash garden 50. Slash garden 50. You get 50% off your first box. I like how it's garden 50. What's that, 50, 50 days to summer league? Is that it's what we're talking off, about now? You goof. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 50 days to summer league, everybody. Start the countdown. Yeah, you want to see, jokes some, tonight. see some of these. Look at this. Oh, ooh. Oh, wow. Is that a John Dennis pie? Is that uh, that looks, oh, you get drinks too? Did I miss ooh, that? You get good stuff there. So I think yeah, I got check, myself a new check, stack. Check that out. If you check it out and you just support our sponsor, uh, as always, bang, t-shirt. That's what we do here. <laughs> get a t-shirt. Fill out the form. Yeah, plus you look at the youth. You look down the pipeline. There's not a lot of promising things coming down for the Celtics. Like, let's face it. A lot of those future first-round picks are gone. You know, the ones that would have maybe developed by now, that, that that's out of the window. I mean, J.D. Davidson, like, like these guys, that they're, they're not ready, right? No one's, right, no yeah. one's ready to take on a role. And Joe Mazzullo doesn't even trust a guy, in Sam, a guy like Sam Hauser, never mind one of those guys who are much – much more raw talent, you know. There's no way you can say they haven't put a roster around Brandon Tatum. No, set them up no, to succeed. that's I mean, out the window. Yeah, they've, for sure. They've pretty much done everything they can there. So you're looking know at that those too. two. I think that that's a big part of it too. They know that. Like it's not going to get much better than this, and it's on us. And again, I guess we'll find out in Game Four. But it just seems like neither one of them are trying to take the mantle here and just try to lead, not just by example, but holding guys accountable. Maybe not publicly, but. Again, we'll we'll have an idea of what this team just the way they the way they approach the first half of Game Four. That first quarter, we'll have an idea what kind of night's going to be. Put it that way. And that that'll give us an idea of where Missoula is at too. And that is the first question. True. Grant down the line as well. Brown. We'll talk about all of that into the offseason. But first, the Celtics do get a chance. Uh, to send this back to Boston. Come game on, four. get a game back at TD Garden. Tomorrow night, 8.30, we'll have coverage here on CLNS Media and Celtics All Access. Of course, shout out to our friends at FanDuel, fanduel.com slash Boston, uh, Athletic Greens, as well as Factor Meals. Check them all out, athleticgreens.com slash garden and uh, factormeals.com as well slash garden. I'm Bobby Mann and Josue Pavone for the Garden Report here in Miami. We'll see you tomorrow night. This segment of the Garden Report is brought to you by Factor. Visit factormeals.com slash garden50 to get 50% off your first box. This edition of the Garden Report is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Visit athleticgreens.com slash garden for a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. CLNS Media Celtics coverage is brought to you by FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win.